So Lord, here we're in this moment as we sing of the ransom that you did not owe and we sing lyrics of the price that you paid. And so Father, as we focus now on this fifth word, we pray that our hearts would be moved. We pray, Lord, that our hearts would be twisted, that our hearts would be made uncomfortable. Because God, all too often we sit in these pews, we sit in these places, and we don't count the cost. It should have been us on that cross. You went instead, fully God and fully man, not having your life taken from you, Lord, but you laid it down. And so heart-wrenching it is for us to hear, God, that you said those words that you thirst. So speak to us, Lord, through parched hearts. May we hear of what can soothe our souls. There was Jesus upon the cross, and a moment takes place. We read it in the book of John, found in chapter 19, verses 28, where it says, Later, knowing that all was now completed, and so that the scriptures would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. And a jar of wine vinegar was there. So they soaked a sponge in it, and they put sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and they lifted it to Jesus' lips. The Alpha, the Omega. The beginning, the end, was there at creation and will be there at the end. There he hung on the cross with you on his mind. There the king of kings, the commander of all eternity, and what he asks for is a humble drink. When we look at the scriptures, we see this as an important detail of Christ's suffering. We see that all of these other events are foretold and prophecies are foretold in the pages of Psalms and the pages of Isaiah when it talks about the betrayal of his close friends. It talks about being forsaken by the disciples, forsaken by his father, the false accusations that are made at him, his silence before the judges, the fact that God does not save him. The casting lots for his clothes, the committal of his spirit into the hands of the Father, the fact that his bones would not be broken, and his burial that would take place in a rich man's tomb. All of these prophecies foretold and would take place, but yet there is this simple one mentioned in the book of Psalm, chapter 69, and by mentioning the words, I thirst, Jesus fulfills that. Two, when we listen to the words of our Savior on the cross, when he says, I am thirsty, we see many different things uh, within this. And there's four particular that I think it would benefit for us on this Good Friday to take a look at. And the first thing that we see is we see that here in this moment, that God was in this moment fully man. Because Jesus being nailed to the cross, God does not get thirsty. But man is thirsty. We have a desire for something to fill our souls, to quench our thirst that only God can subdue. The book of Hebrews says this about Christ, that he had to be made like his brothers in every way in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service to God and that he may make atonement for the sins of the people. For it is man who becomes thirsty. And Jesus became like man, not just like man, he became man. 
We see that Jesus endured suffering. When we think about the accounts that would have taken place prior to him being led to the cross, the beating at the praetorian, not having food or water since he sat down with his disciples the night before, bleeding, sweating. Jesus was surely thirsty. Jesus was surely man. And Jesus surely suffered. It's interesting because we as people, we suffer and we oftentimes ask the question of God, God, why? And in our hearts and in my heart, I will answer, I'll think the question, God, you don't know what it's like to go through what I'm going through. But I assure you this, when Jesus was nailed to that cross upon himself, not only did he take the forsaking of his father, but because of your sin, because of your sorrow, because of your pain, because of the things that we went through, that is why God forsake him. And so abandoned on the cross, thirsty, our Lord experienced anguish. Our Lord experienced pain. He took upon himself the suffering of everyone. We see this amazing account of a hyssop plant being used to offer our Lord a drink of vinegar. And another place in history was a hyssop plant used to spread the blood of the sacrificial lamb on the night of the Passover. So yet again, the hyssop plant would be raised in order to save mankind. We see his sufferings. We see his humanity we see Jesus' reverence for the fulfillment of prophecy. For I am thirsty, the words of the cross show us that Jesus knew Scripture. And he said this in John 19, 28, later knowing that all was now completed and so that the Scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. And in Psalm 69, it would say, they put gall in my food and gave me vinegar for my thirst. And Psalm 69 is a psalm that tells the story of the cross when Christ utters these words of the psalm. This prophecy is completed. He hung on the cross for hours, suffering and dying. Yet he had the wits about him to submit to Scripture, for it was on his heart. Matthew 4, 4 says, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And Jesus knew this as it was coming out of the book of Deuteronomy. And so as we think of the words of our Savior upon the cross, I ask us to think about ourselves. Jesus bowed to the authority of Scripture, both in life and in his death. How about you? Do you live on every word that comes from the mouth of God? Do you meditate on God's laws day and night? Is it a lamp unto your feet? Because surely in this moment, this was what Jesus had to cling to were the scriptures that he knew. For God had forsaken him and all the affirmities of the world were crushing him. We see Jesus' sympathy with the suffering. He says, I am thirsty. This fifth word from the cross is also a word showing us how Jesus can sympathize with all of us who suffer. The problem of suffering has always been a perplexing one. So why should there be suffering in a world that is governed by a perfect God? A God who not only has the power to prevent evil, but who is love. Why should there be pain and cancer and death? When we look at our world, we rightly recognize that too often it is nothing more than a veil 
of tears. But it shows us by looking at the cross that God is not ignorant of our sorrow. For in this person of his son himself, he took upon our infirmities and carried our sorrows according to Isaiah 53. And it shows us that God himself suffered for us. The book of Hebrews says, For if we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our, with, with our weaknesses, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Is your body racked with pain this evening? So was his. Are you misunderstood and misjudged? So was he. Have those who are nearest and dearest to you turned away from you? They did from him as well. Are you in darkness? So was he. For this reason, he had to be made like his brothers in every way in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest, according to Hebrews 2. Jesus suffered. Jesus laid down his life. And he says these words, I'm thirsty, expressing, expressing something that is on the heart of every man, every woman, child that ever existed. Because you see, Inside of each and every one of us, there is a desire for something to quench, quench a thirst that we cannot speak for. During those three hours, God had turned his face away from Jesus. And during those three hours, Jesus had to bear on his own weight the whole world's sin. And he cries out to God, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, he says, I am thirsty. He's crying out to his father and his father turns away. Psalm 42 says, as the deer pants for the stream of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. Does your soul pant for God this evening? Like Jesus' soul longed for his father. He had been without God for three awful hours. No wonder he cries out to God. No wonder he cries out of thirst. Why do we have a consuming desire to acquire wealth, one might ask? Why do we have this consuming desire as people to acquire all these things? Simply put, because we're thirsty. Our hearts are parched. Our souls are empty. And when God is not in our life like Jesus, our soul cries out for something to fill us, for something to, to moisten our hearts. And the only thing that can do that hung on the tree a divine sacrifice for creatures created in the image of a divine being. John 4.14 says, Whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Christ alone can quench our thirst. He alone can meet the deepest needs of our heart, our soul, our person. Church, come to Jesus. It's just that simple. Are you thirsty tonight? For if you die in your sin, your eternal cry will be that of the moan of the damned. I am thirsty. Can he just touch the tip of my tongue? I just want to drink. But it's not water that we look to, to well our souls up with. It's Jesus Christ himself. Come to Jesus, church. Drink of him Drink of the vine that never needs replenished, for he is the living water. For only in him could your soul and your thirst 
be satisfied. The Christian says this phrase, I was thirsty and found him the well of living water. I am thirsty, says the natural man as he looks for meaning and purpose in his life. And I am thirsty, said the Lord as he hung on the cross for our sins. At this time, I'm going to ask that you would please kneel with me as we pray in remembrance of this moment in history. Lord Jesus Christ, who even through you wonderfully fashioned all things, stooped to take upon yourself human form. And being found in one human form, you endured the cross, despising its shame. We love you for every parched and painful moment spent on our behalf, that we might drink of the water of life freely and live. Even as your strength was dried up like a, like a pot shard and your tongue cleaved to the jaw of your mouth, it was that spring of living water might, that might well up and within us unto eternal life. So with grateful hearts, we praise you this day. And all of God's people said, Amen.